I'm thinking this could be a historic night for the podcast. What's the what's the history here? I don't know. The, the vibes just seem immaculate. This is <laughs> <laughs> why because none of us have really been paying attention to hockey the last week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, so I think a week has been is like a long time to say, but like I didn't really watch it much this weekend. I was kind of busier this weekend, and yeah, like and I, this round kind of just bores me a bit. Yeah, I will say that I I've I've been a little checked out. Well, we took a break. The contract stuff, the raw. We talked about this last week. We don't need to cover it too much, but. We were working like nonstop for three months or something on a lot of the stuff that around the contract stuff and other site stuff. And um, I saw I went before between transitions, like project transitions for me personally. And I think Luke a little bit, too. Um, I don't know, Sean, maybe you feel this way. I, ne- I always need to give myself like a break so that I can then come back rejuvenated. Um, but I haven't watched a lot of the Eastern playoffs. I've watched the Colorado Blue series. I feel like we've watched every game of that. Yeah, and, and I've, we've watched I've a watched a decent deep, amount of the Flames of the Alberta, the Alberta series. The Alberta. But I don't know. A lot of them, like I, I kind of like the start times were sometimes messed up, and then they did that weird back to back in Florida. And like I know that the Blues have been playing at like eight thirty every night. Well, except that one time where they started earlier. <laughs> yeah, except the except the one but, time I know that they. But anyway, <laughs> we've mostly just been kind of watching the Blue series. I don't know why, but um, and then I think kind, that, well, that's, kind of. Not, I feel I like that's like my in, in playoffs anyway, because you know, being a Minnesota sports fan, I'm so used to the, my teams losing in the playoffs that I I feel like historically I've always. I always tend to watch the series that is the team that beat like the team I was watching. So I wanted to see how Colorado would play. Also, I mean, the mod- our models were so high on the, the Avalanche that we kind of are, you know, that's our our our, our cheering uh, our our team. This, but I think. they were also very high on the Panthers, who well, are currently, yeah. <laughs> uh, as everyone knows, down three yeah. zero in the series. That projection isn't looking too good, is it? It's not looking great. No, has is that um, the series you've watched a little bit of, Sean? Or are you? So the most I've paid attention. To has been the uh, Carolina New York series. Oh, okay, okay. But I was at Fenway yesterday, so I missed yesterday's game. So, so th- games one just... and two, I watched like very vigorously for that series. That's like the one I paid the most attention to. But that, that that's the one that bo- I was the most. I don't know why, but that was the one I was like, <laughs> I don't want to watch this series. Well, See, I, got, I don't I got... care. I just did like like. I don't that's know, definitely the most interesting series. Why? See, I, well, I, I think you could say the Battle of Alberta Why? is maybe the most interesting. No. To me, I I think the Avalanche Blues series is the one that I found just mostly, I think, play style to see how they matched up against each other was kind of interesting to me. I don't know. I got real sick of watching the Rangers do the Rangers thing where they just have a goaltender and then the team that generated like insane amounts of scoring chances in XG just lost. That was That's not very fun for me to watch. <laughs> um, but I, so, I don't know. Josh noted goaltender hater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean... I guess I did. Well, I don't know, but the Flames Dallas series in round one like was that, and I I guess I enjoyed Game Seven with Ottinger, um, and did the Panthers score or Lightning score? Lightning scored, but okay. Sean's Sean's making. I don't know why Sean's Sean cheering is for the cheering Lightning. for us to be wrong. Here. Yeah, that's that's. Well, so I, I tweet this out, and I I think it didn't get enough attention. I think, first of all, I overall, in a, in general, I think teams if you win the first three games. It's like a mercy rule. I think you should be able to sweep with three games. Anywho, Wait, I, and I don't then know with the means. lightning, you can Disagree. call it a strikeout, right? One, two, three, yeah. strikeout. I love it. I think that is a that, genius no, idea. How many? Because there's a lot of times where teams reverse sweep. There's four strikes in a strikeout. Uh, how many right? times have has <laughs> there been a reverse sweep in the NHL? L.A. Well, L.A. did it one time against the Sharks, right? 
Um, with the sad Thornton memes, isn't that that was from like a while ago? Uh, yeah, and then know, didn't, well, Bruins didn't got t- reverse swept by the Flyers in 2010. Didn't the Leafs get reverse swept at one point? No, I'm sure. Well, I they no. usually go up three one first. Okay, so they got semi reverse swept. Let me look this up. Stall really quick. The lesser I'll, I'll tell reverse you. sweep. But it, I mean, it oh, doesn't happen go. much. It's not going to happen here. I'll, no, I, look who's on the ice too, eh? You're right. Here's the list of the list of Sherat. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Before were saying we this, got on the air, yeah. Sean was complaining about Sherratt again, <laughs> and we were reminding him how he was like defending Sherratt in in season when we were like he's terrible, and now Sean's flipped the script a little bit on on his you know I so you don't I I still haven't watched a lot of Sherratt in like actually play. You think he just looks bad too? No, some of it's just no. Some of it I'm just you need you need. It's fun to hate on a, a player as long as it's not like an actual personal. I hate, I guess. It's just yeah. fun. Like, I'm cheering for, for the Lightning in this series. So it's like, and it's fun to, like, poke fun at Florida's, like, big move, quote unquote. Yeah. And the the big discrepancy. It, it's just, it's not actual. What I what I truly feel and, and, and uh, sort of, this is like a verbal shit post, I guess. Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I completely like understand. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, no, I looked up. So I looked up. Getting back to this, thank you for stalling. I looked up the 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 reverse sweeps in the NHL playoffs. The last one was in the 2014 playoffs when LA beat the Sharks. It's that um, long ago. That yeah. was the last one. Which I feel like. I mean, I don't know. Luke, look this up really quick, and I'll stall for what? you. I don't want to uh, do I, that. I feel like that Sharks team was one of the stronger teams. Like in oh yeah, the that Sharks prime, had some like crazy like good Thornton, teams. Pavelski, Vlasic, Burns. Um, I think Burns was on the Sharks then. Yeah, that was after the trade. Um, I remember that, and that, but that was also like the you know Corsi Kings, uh, Corsi Kings Kings uh, team. You know those those Sutter teams from the mid 2010s were those the ultimate Corsi teams kind of thing. Um, the previous previous before that, oh, and that was what was that the 13 14? Uh, it would have been 13 14, yeah, yeah. That team was solid. Looking at the rap single rapum charts, the the, the yeah. Uh, team I just remember that called back. Ugh. Was there another goal that Sean's no, no, I think this is going to be a successful challenge. I think the oh. puck went out of play. The thing okay. is, those – so I'm just thinking about this now while you're talking about, like, reverse sweeps. But that Pacific Division, like, back then was, like, what we're looking at with the, like, Atlantic right yes. now, which it yeah. just kind of proves how awful this playoff format is because the Kings teams are good at that point. The Ducks teams are good at that point the sharks teams were good at that point right like going into california doing that road trip was like a nightmare oh, yeah. for everybody yeah everybody it was hated funny. it it was funny we were just talking about this the last week about how um like what back before i've lost my wild fandom like it was when i was a hardcore wild fan which would have been that would have been kind of prime wild fandom right before we were kind of getting into the stat stuff but i was still kind of aware of it and i remember every time the wild would make that california trip how terrible i mean it was just like you had to play the ducks and then you play the sharks and you play the kings and they were all like they all felt like oh yeah like the atlantic division now well it's like those boudreaux anaheim ducks with yeah. prime well not exactly prime getzloff but when perry well getzloff perry getzloff, and then, i don't know what that line was that year but there were a couple years where the where perry and getzloff would play and they would just cycle behind the, their opponent's net like and no one could no one could do anything and it was just like Prime, and it was always one of those things where, like, when Boudreaux never really played Niederreiter on the wild, it was always really obnoxious because Niederreiter is kind of like a power forward and he was really, really good. 
and I didn't understand why he did. he seemed like the perfect forward for Boudreaux, but I don't know. He didn't ever. Anyway, I'm getting <laughs> off topic here, but yes, the uh, those those that that used is kind of like what the Atlantic is now. With I mean, what you kind of uh, have four teams right now in the Atlantic. Arguably, you could make a legit argument. I know Kane's won like round one, but you can make a legit argument that the four best teams are all in the Atlantic, in the East. Yeah. Right? Oh, I think that's fair. I think I mean. I well, I don't think match. it's necess- it, it's hard to make the argument considering that the Canes beat the the Bruins in the first round. But well, that's seven. I think you would say four out of the top five. Yeah, yeah I think I the agree. Bruins are probably better than the other teams in the Metro Division. Yeah, at least this is and like right now and probably heading into next year too. I mean, because like I don't know. I guess yeah. I mean, yeah. Leafs, Lightning, Canes, Canes are probably is pro- are probably in the top four there yeah. in the East. Um, but anyway, sorry. Let me finish up the reverse sweep here because then Sean mentioned the one before twenty fourteen. Was the 2010 series Philly? Um, they swept Boston, uh, quarterfinal series. Reverse swept. Re- reverse, reverse swept. swept sorry, um, and I could read. This is on the NHL site, uh, and it seems like according to NHL, the 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 next, I guess the the prior reverse sweep to 2010 was in 1975. The Islanders uh, beat the Penguins. That's how long? That I mean, that's what the NHL. Forty says. years. Like I don't <laughs> think. It, and then there was one in 1942 that Toronto beat the 19. 19- 20 Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> no, they, 1942, the Toronto beat Detroit in the Stanley Cup final in a reverse sweep. Which, can you imagine in a reverse sweep in the Cup final? Like, that would be, you know, something oh, else. Man. I don't know. I I don't see this Panthers team reverse sweeping the Lightning, though. That's, yeah, well, I mean, Vasilevsky's just been... What, yeah. I haven't even really checked the goaltender stats in the... Well, he's it's been ridiculous. The last... Yeah. Since, since uh, the start of Game 6 in the first round, he's just been obscene and like he's they've held them to like florida like one goal in the first three games each of the first three games not not in total but which like that only happened three times to florida in like the regular season and that's happened three times in a row here i mean it's pretty insane yeah we we actually have uh mike smith and shesterkin above Vasilevsky in goals save above expected in the playoffs, which is pretty funny. <laughs> well, that a lot. Uh, well, that's a volume. That's a volume. That's because Tampa's defense isn't horrific. Yes, that's true. Um, but it's that's both in Delta Fenwick save percentage and goals saved above expected. So from a rate standpoint, they are both. I mean, Ottinger is still highest, uh, but that's because you know everybody knows about that. But oh, Ranta actually, we have higher. That's really funny. That's uh, yeah. I kind of what Sean's saying is I think Tampa's defensive play yeah. has been no. I mean, and and when when the, the the chances that Florida has gotten, I mean, then you have Vasilevsky. Um, I don't know. It's it kind of makes me. I've seen maybe this sentiment, but like, I mean, maybe John Cooper really should just win the Jack Adams every year. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, so he seem- <laughs> you guys aren't aren't like racing fans, right? But no. here's sort of the thing. I mean, I don't dislike racing. I just am not. No, no, no. But, like, yeah. here's kind of, like, the thing, right, is Lewis Hamilton now has seven World Drivers Championships, right? And he won six of them with Mercedes, who won eight straight champion- team championships. And so he's drove the fastest car. So there's a lot of people that would discredit somebody like Lewis Hamilton. And, like... Michael Schumacher is like the other kind of like great, like that's kind of like the LeBron versus Jordan of racing. But it's like to be in the fastest equipment, you need to be able to win, but you also need to be able to know how to use that equipment. You can't just like have anybody step into a a Mercedes F1 car and go win 
championships. So, oh, yeah. like, that's the thing with John Cooper is, like, he's given a great roster. That roster has changed over the years, every year because of cap, and he gets the best out of it every year. He gets yeah. the maximum out of that Tampa team, for better or worse. It Like, where's the starting point? I don't know. But, like, it still, it still takes a talented coach to be able to get the most out of that Tampa team and not destroy it. Like, coaches love yeah. to just destroy their teams, right? Yeah. Well, and you also have to give credit, I think, to the organization overall, too. And, like, their player acquisition and giving John Cooper And, and to go through to multiple yeah. uh, uh, GMs as well, right? Because I yeah. left. Well, and also, like, I think the thing is, it's funny with the Jack Adams, because, like, the way I did it when I was, like, somebody's like, oh, well, pick Jack Adams players. Like, when we, I was doing one of my awards threads. And Coaches. I was like, coach, yeah, kick, yeah, kick, uh, pick, um, <laughs> kick Jack Adams, uh, <laughs> pick Jack Adams, like, winners, and I was like, well, you can't really, it's hard to really do that from, like, a quote-unquote analytics standpoint or statistical view, and the only way I could think in the moment was just, oh, well, which teams overperformed the public average public projections the most but like then you're discounting like bedner and cooper because you know and potentially like a you know not a sheldon keith i don't think necessarily but like i think teams where they are expected to perform well and they do like that obviously you're going to be like from that standpoint if uh, the most unexpected teams um like i think it would make sense that that um just kind of assuming that overperformance from where the public models projected a team could be kind of a lot of that could go to the coach, but it's very hard to know that. Also, they could have in-season roster acquisitions or changes, or they could have system changes, whatever. I just think it's always been it's it's incredibly impressive, John Cooper. Like it just seems like he's able they're able to shift and and kind of um, shift their game plan and how they're going to play against a specific team. Like it seems like they've just gotten very very good at doing that. Where they have, you know, they have an, a, a, a very high or very good ability to kind of game plan and, and change how they're going to play against different teams based on their play style. Yeah, and I think it's like a whole culture culture there too, right? Because you need good assistance and everything as well. Yeah. And like I think there's there's been a, like a little bit more change there and like a lot of the assistants in Tampa could go be head coaches anywhere else. And so, like, it's a huge culture thing. I think they've invested a significant amount in Syracuse and making sure that succeeds. And, like, they just have, like, this overflow, too, of, like, players that come out of that system that just, like, we never have time because they've invested so much in their development, right? Or yeah. they have them succeed on their own teams and nobody's smart enough to, like, offer sheet them, like Ross uh, Colton. But you had, like, Verhage came out of there. You had Marcia So come out of there. Like they've had like because of significant investments for from well over a decade, like two decades of significant investments in, in their development, everything. Um, like you've just seen this. And didn't John Cooper like go through the whole ringer with Tampa? Did he start out ECHL with, with Tampa, then go up to Syracuse, then yeah, I I'm not sure track, actually. But. I don't. I don't know. I don't know his history. I mean, he's been. I don't know how because isn't he? Is he the currently the longest tenured coach in the NHL right now? Yep. Yeah. Um, well, and the other thing with Tampa is that they. I mean, they were. I think people don't really talk about this a lot or cover, but I mean, they were one of the earliest teams to have like anyone who would be considered an analytics employee in their front office. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was way back when, but like some of the early, you know, well, teams it, that are, it's. <clears throat> Is Mark? I feel bad. Is it Mark I, Peterson? No, I, I think it's Mike, like, Michael Peterson. Michael Peterson. He's a nice guy. 
I'm Adam. Yeah, and <laughs> sorry, I'm just searching right now, and in my Google results, it's the, it's autocorrecting to Tampa Bay Lightning. We're sorry. <laughs> 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 is that your search history or Google's? Uh, I I don't know if it's mine or Google's. It might be it might be yours or maybe your IP because I was searching. I, um, I don't know. I th- yeah, it's but, probably because from a recent search on my browser. But, but I remember. I mean, there's an old. There's a great video. And I remember. I don't even. I don't even know if it's still up. I don't. Was it from Sloan or it was from an old conference that had? Um, yeah, director of hockey analytics is Michael Peterson. Yeah, Michael yeah. Peterson, and then it, it uh, Andrew Thomas, um, who was at the time, I believe, with the wild i think but it was like uh and then there was was it brian was it bmac was it brian yeah, i think it was brian mcdonald it's a great too. panel and it's like i think tampa was one of i mean it just again they don't get covered because i think they're players and they're they're a little i don't think they you don't really hear a lot about like their from their front office or from their organization about their like overall kind of structure but they were i mean they invested early in kind of a lot of the data um, work that teams would then now are kind of doing overall I mean, they're one of the first, with, along with like what it was it the Flyers? Who were it was like I, the Hurricanes? Yeah, the Hurricanes, the Flyer, and the then Flyers are one of the early ones. The Flyers, and then um, I know that uh, I want to say well, Boston. the Kings, Toronto, Toronto yeah. obviously, Toronto, yeah, yeah. and then Boston, Edmonton, I, think, too. I guess you could say, right? Yeah, Edmonton, Dello. way back when, yeah. Um, but so not and, really anymore. But so I think like also I think, the Avalanche. Well, <laughs> I don't know when did like when did they hire Eric? And Eric got hired 2016, 17 yeah. season. Yeah, I think he was. That was the summer. Wasn't that the summer of analytics? Isn't no, that, that summer of analytics was twenty fourteen. Yeah. No, I know, but I thought he did, didn't. He he didn't get hired that year. I thought Who? he maybe did. Tolsky. No. Oh yeah, uh, Tolsky. Tolsky did. No. Oh, are we talking about different Eric's here? No, no, no. Tolsky. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, no. Tolsky was doing about, consulting first. I was okay, talking about yeah. Eric Parnas. No, no, no. Oh. Eric got hired 16, 17, I want to say, and then Dawson came in 17, 18. That seems right. Anyway, my point here is that I think not only is Tampa, I mean, obviously we're, you know, that kind of stats data side. So that's the thing that we would focus on. But I think throughout the, and this is, I think, what you see with good or, with organizations that succeed consistently. Like, I think the Avalanche are a perfect example of this as well, of a team that has kind of thoroughly bought into everything throughout the entire structure. And so you have the coaches working with management, working with their stats and data people to then kind of overall work with the scouts and the players and all of these things. It's kind of all works together, which seems to be, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much information has come about Tampa, but it's kind of a similar thing along with development and player acquisition. Oh yeah. I just kind of assume that they're all kind of on the same page, right? Which is kind of like what, that's really what the ideal is. I think from an organization is that all of the people have, you know, you're kind of, everyone is all on the same page and there's no like, you know, kind of, like doubt or like i don't know you know it's it just it, it seems like that would be the best kind of situation where everyone is kind of bought in you know that's kind of what you need i would say i mean if i had to guess yeah um i don't i think that if you have kind of people who are skeptical in your organization you know that's but then also it's going to come down to the, what the general manager does you know because i think that the general manager, right, ultimately has the final say on like everything, more or less, depending uh, on the team. Yeah, I mean, we obviously we don't know these. We yeah, I'm just there's no information about how this I, works for any of the teams individually. Yeah. Watch, watch Tampa get reverse swept though, right after we. I know the next week after we're praising them, <laughs> and then well, they're still down one zero. Is it two zero? Up one zero. They're up one zero. Excuse me. Florida is still down one zero. Well, Tampa but, just scored. That first goal got called back. Are they challenging oh. again? Oh, I think they're challenging again for something. Oh boy. Tampa's anyway, just going to score like 10 goals tonight, and they're all going to get called back. <laughs> but it is interesting to think about the Jack Adams because the NHL defines it as the 
uh, NHL coach adjudged to have contributed the most to his team's success. <laughs> I'm also uh, it's I'm getting called on. back. It's yeah. a hand pass. <laughs> it's a hand pass. This is how it starts. <laughs> the reverse sweep. The begins. reverse sweep Tampa starts with two, two goals, goals being disallowed, <laughs> and Florida finally well, can you challenge it, a hand pass. Uh, I'm seeing everyone on my timeline is saying. Uh, but isn't isn't that a situation room thing? Don't they review the goal? Is maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought maybe the refs can can discuss with Toronto. Yeah, but I didn't know if, if like hand passes were. Well, the Joe thing. Smith, the athletic writer Joe Smith is saying, well, never mind. Looked like it could have been a hand pass from Sorelli off the face off. Oh, it was not a could have. It was definitely a hand pass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could challenge a hand pass. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's I don't know saying. if you can, but I think it might be a review situation where the league oh. reviews it, especially because it's in a like a playoff series. Um, I don't know. I always forget how that works exactly from the situation room. Um, well, like, didn't that happen last? Was that this round? The second round where they had like they played a couple minutes and then they 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 blew the goal horn. Uh, yeah, that was Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was last last round. I think wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who scored that goal? I don't know. Gensel. Oh, that was the Gen. Whoa. No. No, no, that was Heinen. Did we talk yeah, about that Heinen? Gensel goal where he he kicked it up to himself and then hit it in? Did no. you see that? that we didn't. I still thought it was high. Oh, I think I call it back here. Yeah, it did. It did. It did look high to me, but I could, it was reminiscent of the Jared Spurgeon baseball goal, right? Except there yeah. was a kick instead of a you know out of. Well, the he air. no no no. He kind of did the same thing, but he kicked it up to himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Spurgeon and didn't Gensel kick it. turned into a, a hell of a player, didn't he? Yeah. Where, where you, what from Minnesota is he from? I don't even know. I don't think he's, he's from, from Minnesota. Minnesota. He's from Nebraska. He grew yeah. up in Minnesota. Then he went back to Nebraska for school. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. He, well, he went to – oh, he no went to goal. university. Yeah. It university is. of Nebraska. <laughs> Wait, where did he play for, in Minnesota? Then? I don't know anything about Jake Gensel. I should, I feel like. Like high school? Oh, he grew up in Woodbury. Okay. And then he played at Hill Murray. Oh, yeah. So – yeah, he more or less was developed in Minnesota. That's I mean, you know, he's a Minnesota boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, him, eh? uh, <laughs> speaking of the Penguins, they yeah. just signed uh, Brian Rust to a uh, very good deal. deal. Our contract on... projections are starting off a little shaky. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it always is. Wait, should we wait until the, how far into this? Or should we wait until the second half? We have to make more content. Should we wait until the second half to talk about this? Well, we're or only we're twenty-two minutes in, so I know. All right, well, we'll start here. The, I mean, the rest of the play, the for the second round has been kind of like, I don't know. I mean. It's just there's a lot of drama too. This always happens. But oh, yeah. well, there's the, the whole top? like there well, there's Bennington being an asshole and then Kadri getting like racist remarks, which is yeah, terrible. So I don't know, I mean, like it's just really it's just like, God damn it. Like this why does this has to have to have I don't know. It's it's just you hate to see that. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I guess I haven't uh it seems like it's still developing and then there's been the uh um yeah, but I mean, it is funny because we tweet about this about because what was it? Bennington threw a water bottle at Kadri. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? Supposedly. Water bottle gate. Yeah, water bottle. <laughs> gate. But then it was like all these people were like accusing Kadri of running Bennington, and it's like I don't know what they were. I don't know. From we what were, I we, saw, it, it, he did. I don't know how that could. He got pushed right well, compared like, to Lucci running Mike Smith. I know. <laughs> you know, which is just like I mean that that was. That was bad. Know. It's that was not. A... It's not like Lucic with Brian Miller way back when, which is like one of the most obscene things I feel I like I've seen. I was at that game. Were you at? You were at I the was game. On, uh, yeah, I was on that side of the ice too. Really? Yep. <laughs> you saw Ryan Miller get decked in, in like the above the faceoff circle by Milan Lucic. You saw that live. Yeah. That was yeah. That was a that was <laughs> eighth grade. Eighth grade. Oh my god. Is that how? Wait, how long ago was that? Like ten years ago. 
<laughs> was that, that was five 2011. years ago? November 10th? Years. Was it 10th? Was no, it... you don't remember the date. You remember the date of that, that game? Sean remembers things. Yeah, he does. He has synesthesia, didn't we? Yeah. Or something. I, with I, well, I don't know if that's the exact date. I know it was around Veterans Day, and there was a... Um, it was like a veteran that came home or whatever for like the to drop the puck, the ceremonial first puck drop or whatever. I remember. Oh, okay, all, but I don't know if that was the exact date. Yeah, eighth kind of like rings a bell to me. So something like that. What is with Bennington though? Why why is he such know. like a? Uh, well, like, there's all those old like like racist tweets he has. And oh, it's he like, doesn't. Yeah, he seems, he seems like, like, like of, a real not good dude. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna say that doesn't seem like a good well, but dude. Now he's out. He's out for this round. I think right. Isn't that what the news was? So Huso is back in. I'm assuming. Um, I don't know. Sean's watching the game. No, uh, he is. Yeah, he's out. But, You're confirming he's out. Yeah, he like there's a, is a sprain or something. Yeah, he's hurt. That's why he threw the water bottle at him after the game. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. It maybe was a. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming. Anyway, but yeah. um, wait, where where why did we start talking about this? Where, didn't we bring up Ryan Russell? Well, I was saying if there was anything, the if there half. was anything else that happened in the <laughs> in the. In the in in the since the uh, last week, oh yeah, Gallant was yelling at D'Angelo, right? <laughs> Wasn't there something? What was he saying? Like something like "shut the fuck up." Is yeah. that what he was saying or something like that? That was really funny. That was anytime hate is directed at Tony D'Angelo, it, I am a fan of that. I, I am a, I like that. That is, <laughs> well, that's been you know it's carried over. I mean, we haven't watched. Sean's been watching that series more, so he would know more. I haven't. I don't really know what's been going on in that series, but I have heard some things about. Um, you know about D'Angelo and involved in. Well, the Rangers. Hold on, I need to even see. This is how much I don't know about that series. I don't even know what the <laughs> Carolina leads two one. Okay, yeah. Carolina is yet to win a road game in the playoffs. Yeah, I was noting that. Well, in the in their series, every yeah every home team won in in their in the first round. Um, which I guess yeah, uh, you know that's that's in line with what you would expect based on the probability. You know the percentages. Although, I don't know. Is home, is home ice advantage in the playoffs the same as in the regular season? Do you know that, Luke? What? Is home ice advantage like the probability of home, like the home team wins, like the same in the playoffs? Um, I actually haven't looked at that. <laughs> we do um, fear, get up in our script and furiously no, query and, something. And sweat, new. start sweating. Mike <laughs> Lopez, right. I think, might have written something, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, probably do that pretty You quick. could just do like win like it, you could just divide home wins by total games and see what the probability would be i don't have that up yeah right the now. only other i think the only other like crazy thing was that first flames oilers game which was out of control and we were <laughs> we had to force we forced ourselves to take a night off and i actually just we just missed that game because i was like i need to take a break because i think it was wednesday last week um and i look at the score and it was like three three or something after one i was like what and then or what was it like higher? It was three oh well, after five minutes yeah and they pulled the, mike smith right and they pulled mike which smith. is so funny because i just had like a couple of days before had just written a, like praising mike smith in our for, like a round two uh uh preview because he had i mean he had like a really really good series against the kings and then he uh you know got pulled <laughs> within five minutes or whatever um for the the three goals he let in which then ended up being just an absolute. Was it the Flames one nine six? Is that what yeah. it was? Um, yeah. Oh, and then Bonus is leaving uh, for oh, Dallas. Oh yeah, Dallas, the coach, Dallas coach. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just on Reddit as one does, looking at the top of the last week to see what we missed. Um, what else is there? Anything else, Sean? Other than um, some contracts. How's yeah. the game, Sean? How's the game? Tampa almost scored again. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. 
It's, All right. Well, well should fine. we go to break? Sean's not helping us recount the last week, but well, I he think, he didn't watch anything either. So, <laughs> no, I, whatever. <laughs> a similar amount. I I watched the the early games. You watched the late games. It all it all kind of evens out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but here here's the thing: is this is how it always goes. Like I know some. It's just kind of like it. Just the first round is always awesome. I always love the first round of the playoffs. I think we've talked about this. And then second round is kind of like okay, and then third round happens. It's like I'm getting a little tired of this. And then the cup finals happens, and it's like I've watched these teams a lot, <laughs> and it's just kind of keeps going. It goes for so long. But I mean, you need that. But like. I don't know. Well, like here's what I, <laughs> I mean. I think I don't know. The Battle of Florida kind of sucked, so it yeah. kind of it, it it takes away because I would assume Tampa might finish off tonight, or they're gonna finish off before Game Six. So, or before Game Seven, maybe maybe Florida comes back and wins two games or something. I don't know. I think. Well, you would have liked that tonight, that series but... to go to at least six. I think just for and it, the and the intensity's been like semi down and and the whole well yeah when 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 the Panthers go down two zero then it kind of like you know it takes a lot like Tampa beat them the first two games in their own building and then it's like handedly okay yeah handedly yes and then it's like okay well, then, well, well they then won they, they won then, well I shouldn't three, say handedly like, the game two the game two I think they were probably the better team but. The game two obviously was one with like three seconds left, but yeah, game one was pretty handily. And then game three was five one, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, for, five yeah, one, something like that. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. well, that's been the, that's been our our first week of round two coverage <laughs> for the playoffs. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we maybe take a break here, so uh, and then we'll come back and yeah, chat and about, about some, some contracts, contracts stuff. and off season stuff, and yeah, that other jazz geography yeah. maybe. Maybe we have to Whoa, a little ooh, geography. It's been a bit. XG models. That's true. <laughs> but first, we we do have this week. I promise a new sponsor. So listen for it, and we'll be right back. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Welcome back. I hope everybody enjoyed the message. Sean so, has a, a lifesaver in his mouth right now that he refuses to take <laughs> out. The wintergreen flavor, too, of course. It's, it's a, a I good, mean, that's, that's a, it's, it's a good pick. It's the best one. How many? How many? How many lifesaver flavors are there? Well, well a lot. The well, like, ones. it's a huge company. It's like a multi-billion-dollar company. It's like, oh, I guess they have. I only ever think about the. There's the Aramco. Ones. There's Apple. There's Amazon, and then there's lifesavers. That's they're not like true. the fourth most valuable company in the world. <laughs> I bet the the company is probably not. Even, it's owned by like Nestle or something. Watch it be. Well, yeah, Are it's you, like a food. Co- it's a food. Like there's like three companies that run the world. Uh, hold on, sorry, I'm looking up. This life is really how we're starting. What? Well, Sean refused to Where take out. Where is the wiki? Mars. Oh, okay. Wait. Mars Incorporated. They are owned by is that Mars. part of like SpaceX. Nestle and Nestle and Wrigley produced them though. Produced what? Yeah, Sean, you're not right. Have you seen Network? Have you seen the movie Network? 
I've seen the social network. I've never seen the movie Network. That's a very good movie too. Network is a kind of classic seventies movie that's it's really good. I think it's in the library. It's in the. Uh... I'm what is it? I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it. Isn't yeah. That oh, I know that scene though. That's yeah, a great that's, scene. That's from Network. Yes, yeah. it's a very good movie. Highly recommended if people are looking for kind of classics. That's a that's a really really fantastic movie. That's very relevant. We're in, just giving but... Sean time to eat his lights yeah. lifesaver here so that we can continue. <laughs> Go on to the with window. The podcast. <laughs> Open it. Stick your head out. <laughs> yeah, you do have I'm to. as mad as hell, <laughs> and I'm not gonna take this anymore. That's like the Leafs losing in the first round. Of yeah, that was me. that was Sean after the first round. Yeah, uh, he's just now letting it out. <laughs> Everyone, even 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 the well, it's really actually after the Bruins lost that he did that. The Bruins. Funny. I think I, I, I think said I... Bruins. I just said Bruins that time. Bruins. Bruins. The Bruins. Bruins. Say it. Anyway, okay, let's get back on track here. <clears throat> what? No, not talking about lifesavers. Um, or whatever we, we had. Are... So we had a few. We mentioned this. Uh, we hinted at it in the first uh, in the first segment. But we had a couple uh, contracts that came through um, since our projections went live, which was my mind is mush. Monday. It was okay, Monday. So we start off with Brian Rust. You got to finish off that thought first. Well, oh yeah. Uh, well, so it our our contract projections went live. It was May sixteenth, uh, and um, there have been according to Cap Friendly, there I don't know. There, there's been a lot of contracts signed. I mean, not a lot. But of those, uh, only one, two, three of them had a cap hit higher per year, higher than one million. So almost all of them were in the kind of league minimum age. Uh, we were just kind of chatting about a few of them. Um, obviously, the Brian Rust one and the Mark Giordano one were the two big ones. Uh, Brian Rust signed a uh, he resigned with Pittsburgh. Um, he signed a six year deal for five point one two five million per year. Uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry, as an extension. Uh, that's I'm sorry I didn't do that inten- intentionally. That just happened. <laughs> uh, which which was a very interesting deal because we had and I so I don't know I could ramble about this for a while but we had so it's important to note that we're in we're still in the um uh we're we're still Pre-free in the free agency phase. yeah it's 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 or the it's the extension we call it so we call it the the third contract period or con period which is the yeah it's it's the extension phase. It starts about a week or two into the season in a given normal season, and then goes up until the day before. Well, did I did I label that wrong on the site? What I think I had it start at the beginning of the season. Do you classify it like a week after the season starts? Well, that's didn't we have the? I, I'm pretty yeah. That I think that's wrong. That might be wrong. Oh, I'll need site. to go update that. Yeah, you. Well, it, no, it's it's not like a hard deadline. It kind of is based on when the um the when the season starts. So it depends. the The league is obviously in the last couple of years they've had a different schedule. So like the start date for the the um for the seasons, usually the second period is the um like we consider it kind of the free agent I, holdout. What, I also what think you, you have the dates. Like there's a gap in the dates too. Like I think these are all just typos. I think it goes to like June thirtieth, <laughs> and then you have the correct free agency date. So there's just like a gap. Oh yeah, you, free agency. You do have oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the middle of July this year, so there's like a two-week gap. Yeah, Josh told me to do that. No, Luke, you asked me about this, and I gave you the dates, and you still put them in there wrong. What All do you right. mean? I did end of June. No, it's and it's the day before free agency is when. So what what would the period be between What's the free first... agency this year? Is it the 23rd? July 13th. 13th. 13th? Free, I have the yeah. three, right. I have the three. Anyway, my okay, point well, is I'll that. go update. It doesn't I know. matter. It, that it's doesn't, a, doesn't it's, matter. It's, That's just a reminder text. That's not actually like affecting anything. That's just there for like convenience. Uh Anyway, we are in the um, what we kind of consider the extension uh, period, which is players who are signing 
contracts with their prior team. Usually it's in season, but there's the, the month or two before um, free agency that teams can kind of extend their players or sign a contract with their players. Um, and so, yeah, Brian Russ signed a deal. Uh, he signed a 5.125 uh, per year at um, six million or six years. Uh, we had him projected is most likely we had him projected was a five year at 7.36 million. His, his six year deal, which was pretty light. I mean, it was like the second most likely deal uh, had him at 7.99 million, which I looked at that contract there every year. There are a few contracts that come out and I'm immediately like, well, that's going to be wrong. Like that's just going to, that's not what the player is going to sign for. Um, I think there's a lot of, we kind of covered this last week, um, but, but it's kind of, it's the Justin Williams, that happened. Well, I that's think. age, but it's it's, that, it's yeah, but that's kind of like, like Jordano. Last last year was the difference. It was the other way. Is that Ovechkin signed uh, Ovechkin's deal last year? We were um, and I just had this up. Let me pull it up again. Um, he what was his most recent deal? He signed a, uh, I believe it was an eight, was it an eight year? I don't remember. He, his contract last year was like almost nine and a half million. Is what he signed in the off season, and we had projected him um, at a little under eight million. It was like seven and a half or something. And I just kind of knew that that one every year. There's like extenuating circumstances that are not things that we can include in the data. And Brian Russ was one of those that I was like, okay, well, he's not probably going to sign this deal. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be that low. Um, I I think it's pretty clear that he wanted to stay with the Penguins. And uh, as we'll get to the next player, he, he pretty clearly took a discount. Because um, well, it was also, funny. I, well, sorry, go ahead. Luke. Oh, I was just going to say, it's also like, it's kind of funny to think about because like there was that report, I think we talked mentioned it last week, about, uh, I think Rob Rossi reported or was had, had reported that uh, <laughs> the Penguins lowballed Latang and Malkin at like comparable deals and Crosby got really mad at it. But it's funny because it kind of seems like maybe the Penguins like just were like well they kind of lowballed russ and russ is like okay <laughs> like, it kind of seems like because like the funny thing that's is that like brian russ is you know i don't think people really know how many points he's scored like he scored a lot of points and he's like for a forward that nobody really talks about um, now granted a lot of that is because he's played with crosby for a lot of that i know time. And, and that's and, what i'm saying the extending circumstances are here yeah. is that like so like our Gar and Rapham and Xgar models, like our player cards, I think over the last three th- seasons we have him as like a seventy fourth percentile player as a forward. Like that's kind of the player card rating. Um, so he's a serviceable, you know, top six player probably. Little like weak from from like but, you know. our yeah, like defensively kind of weak. And those are kind of isolating. We're doing the best we can to kind of isolate or or attempt to extract Russ' performance. Like not. Um, like uh, separate or or um, while controlling for his line mates, which would be mostly Crosby and Gensel. Um, but you know, because he's playing with Crosby and Gensel, um, he's getting a ton of points, and so the model just that's you can't like we GMs don't pay players based on our Rappa models or our Gar models, right? They pay them based on how. GMs have traditionally paid players, which is normally and, and time Garn, and ice. Garn, Rapham, and even XG are kind of like garbage in terms of projecting contract value. Yeah. Like so that, that would be <laughs> something like more of like a, you know, kind of uh, cost per win type analysis, which we've done before um, in terms of projecting how much they should get paid, which is kind of funny to look at for the, some of the top end players. But, but yeah, in um, the last three seasons, he spent uh, like about 70, 75% of his time with 
with Crosby and Gensel, and then three years ago he spent uh, over eighty percent with Malkin. So he's played a lot with Pittsburgh's best players. And well, one, Malkin's not their best. player Well, but anymore. three years ago, I mean, or four years ago, right? Like, I mean, it was just like he's been, and and it's just interesting because I like I I tweeted this in response. Sean tweeted out the original tweet for me each account, and I went and looked because I was curious. And Rust has, I think the. 55th most points among all players in the last three years, um, which is kind of a, and that's basically where I was going to tweet that out. And if you just do, if you look at goal scoring, because he's specifically been like goal, a goal scoring. And if I remember correctly off the top of my head, I'm speaking, but I think that's a higher factor than assists, right? Uh, yeah. Sort of. You mean in the model? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In terms yeah, yeah. Of goals. Yeah. But, you know, so I think that goes up. And if you do it at like a rate, he's had like the 34th highest goal rate all situations per 60 over like the last like three seasons like he's he's definitely at least in terms of like putting up production and like the traditional statistics that you'd base it off of like he's very high in that and also like his comps are like it's not like gms are just like winging it and they're like what do you want and then the players <laughs> yeah like, 10 million and that, like that's not how like it obviously goes like you go to you go with comparables like this is kind of like a legal sort of setup like a negotiate like a traditional negotiation like again this is a multi-million dollar organization so especially with Fenway Sports Group in here and uh like so you go in with the comps and it's like well Brian Ross comps are like really high yeah you look at like a Zach Hyman which I think is a semi-comparable type of contract that we're talking about now Zach was like a little bit younger um but like Zach played with Austin for most of his career in Toronto. That's and Matthews, so, Austin Matthews. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and so, like, it's a similar idea where he's playing with an extremely good centerman, the, the best player in the world. And, you know, what is he without him was obviously a question. And, like, Zach obviously was known to be a, a poor shooter outside of, like, his contract year and the year beforehand. So... But like Zach went and got paid like eight years at what was it like six or seven years at six and a half or something like that. So like Brian could have could have went out and got more on the market, could have gotten something like a seven million dollar deal, regardless of playing with Crosby or not. And I oh think yeah, he took a he took a good discount to stay. Hyman yeah. was a um, seven year five point five million with a cap hit percentage of six point seven five. Um, but like I I think even Russ, it's just funny. I was like initially. You know, because these are the early ones, and this happens every year where there's a couple wonky contracts that always just make me stressed, or like I'm like, oh, is there something wrong with the model or whatever? And I always go and like check, but it was like if you just look at all player projections. So some people might not know, but on our contract projections page, you can actually it defaults to free agents, but you can in a drop in that drop down, you can just select all. And Brian Rust had the 51st or 52nd, somewhere 51st, I think, highest contract projection for a six-year deal among all players not just free agents um which is pretty much right in line with his points now the only thing i think was that he's been i think he's played like he has been hurt a little bit he's missed some games so uh i think there's a little bit and there's some other factors obviously it's not all points i mean the model is the projection model is a lot more than that but it is just interesting to look at like i think a lot of people don't quite realize um exactly how you know just from the the traditional box score metrics how good brian russ looks and so in a model there's just not we just can't account for things like this where yeah it's not like you can put in you know it's not like you can plop in oh played majority of time with Sidney Crosby <laughs> and then okay so that's you should 
drop that per- that uh, you know prediction. Like it does, it just doesn't work that way. And like there's, in- there's always going to be things like this where you know a player's comfortable in their in their current situation, and that's more of a you. We don't know that. I mean, you can't really know that from a statistical standpoint or data standpoint to like put in a yeah, something that player be, oh, sentiment. Yeah, it'd be yeah player <laughs> sentiment. It'd be a variable in the model. It'd be player sentiment one or zero. Yeah, it'd be like are they happy in their situation or not? One. If they're happy, put a one there and then let the model kind of find some signal there. Which we just don't have the ability to do that. You do so, a player survey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd need historical. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, a survey. It's like the, like going a, back like 10 years. An employee, every... an employee survey, like a corporate year <laughs> annual employee survey that says, how happy are you with your current team? <laughs> I mean, we could start We could start it. Like teams do like exit interviews, right? Yeah. Like they could probably give us um, the data no, on it, that. But we would need it just email okay, e- email it to Josh. Email or the just like email we'll email the penguins up and say, Hey, yeah. can you give us your exit surveys yeah. for all players well, over the, idea, the past the, 10 I, years? It's such a hilarious idea of like the NHL as a corporation, as a company, sending out like annual employee surveys to all of their players about their that are like five to ten questions about how happy they are with their <laughs> their workplace and you know <laughs> Do you think like teams would would do that on like a do you think like how do you think that process works do, do you think they do i mean I, do you think I any team they... or would a team do that because like remember like uh did you read the book the only rule is it has to work i would assume yes um i read uh i read like half of it i didn't ever fi- i didn't finish it but you mean the ben Lindbergh and uh, uh um, yeah if you need yeah, yeah. i can get you the audiobook <laughs> no i don't i have i own the book i st- i did read a chunk of it i didn't finish it though but like in that they um they started doing like a survey of like happiness of players. They measured their happiness or whatever on a daily basis. I might be like butchering that a little bit, but like they tried to like get like a behavioral and they found like a positive uh, correlation between like their average score on a, like a daily basis or like where they were at to their performance as well. And it just feels like, I mean, all these teams have like performance coaches, right? Like they have to be gathering some sort of morale data on a daily basis now. Yeah. I mean, well, it's. I mean, I think that anything can impact. You know, it 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 would be funny, but now doing that daily seems like a little bit intrusive. Doesn't need to be daily, but like yeah. weekly or whatever. Like yeah, but it is funny. Like that. That's something with like when you're getting into the behavioral aspects of things, where you're trying to kind of like, um, you know, measure your players' happiness and how well <laughs> you're suit you're you know kind of servicing their. Or, or providing for their mental health and and just overall well being. It does seem like something that could be beneficial to teams, though, overall to get an idea about like what they could potentially improve on to yeah. make their players happier, right? And like, it's like a lot of like multi billion dollar organizations are starting to do this, and like whether or not that's like a well, realistic I, thing to do. It's like one of the phases yeah. that they definitely go through. I wonder well, if they're going to start putting those toilets in where people can't sit on them for longer than five minutes or whatever. <laughs> do you remember seeing those stories oh, yeah. <laughs> in workplaces so that that workers so work. Workers couldn't like sit on their phone in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you remember seeing those? How, how would, like what it like would alarm you and be like like five the minutes lights just turn uh, off on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like a slanted toilet seat. Do you not remember seeing these? I don't remember. Yeah, seeing it was like a slanted <laughs> toilet seat. So it was like it's, it's kinda, not comfortable. Up. Yeah, it was super messed up. It's like yeah, I mean, how are you but, supposed to play Wordle in the morning? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, to get back to this, yeah, I think that it's just yeah, this is I this think, is. Angled toilet designed to shorten employees' bathroom breaks. Yeah, it's a thing. You should go look it up. It's fucked up, man. Anyway, 
I'm just saying that. Uh, okay, we're, okay. Back to the yeah. topic at hand. Anyway, so to, we- <laughs> to, 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 yeah, we got off topic here a little bit. Although teams, if you do do employee satisfaction surveys, we would like the data. And we but can, we we, can... we would need it for every single player going know, back ten years. So we for every team, we couldn't do we couldn't add yeah. that. It could it's be a like conference we just... project. Like... No, and as we said before, for I don't know, just to remind other people is that. The model objects and model outputs from our contract projection models are, and all of our models actually are completely non, not altered by us after the fact. Like we're not tweaking numbers and doing this, I don't know, like kind of ad hoc based on if it looks right to us. It's all, we train the models, we do use it on prior data and we do rigorous out of sample testing and then we throw it into the wild and then it outputs the projections. Like we... It's purely objective, as objective as we possibly can make it. Um, so there's none of our personal, um, you know, we're just picking and selecting predictors based on how well they um, predict, like they, they correlate, I guess, to put it simply, correlate with the the target variable. And um, so it is something where it's, that's what the model's outputting. And um, it just, in this case, you get some weird players. Like I think last year, what was, who was the player? Was it Nugent Hopkins? Well, so I thought we could get into this after we talk about the next one, but I was going to oh, okay. say with Russ that Dom, that Dom, I, Dom has, uh, at the Dom Lucision at the athletic, our a friend of the podcast, uh, <laughs> he does a market value based on his goal save value added. I think I'm not exactly sure. I haven't looked at it in a while, but he had, he had Russ at 7.9 per year kind of that was his value as well. And well, and so, I could do, I've been meaning to do this where we, I, I, we have, if people have been to our player pages on the bottom, they'll probably see the spar quote unquote spar value, um, which actually is a um, kind of per each year. It, we, we calculate the cost of a, of a, of a standing point based on our standing points above replacement model. And so we, we look at average, it's kind of a, we adopt, we took it from baseball. I think it was Dave Cameron. Yeah, it's cost per win. It's cost per win in baseball. It was several articles on fan graphs um, that we kind of adapt. Uh, um, Dave Cameron, I think. Ad- yeah. yeah, it was Dave Cameron. We adapted for um, just kind of our uh, war and spar models. And, um, and so we do have that. And it's something that I've been meaning to do because we could very easily generate a kind of like, what they should be paid um, based on their, you know, spar and X bar over the past X number, like three years, um, which, which would be funny because you, then you'd get players like McDavid and Matthews. Whenever you do this, the top, the highest players in the league, they are supposed to make like 18 million or $20 million a year. And that's just kind of how it works. Like, and then there's, but because on the bottom end, the replacement level and below replacement level players, um, should not should be paying their teams to play them <laughs> yeah. like that's because it's negative so yeah. it it kind of like is this weird thing where the the players below replacement should basically the, their it's negative value so anyway um, um anyway moving on to the next contract which cap friendly list is currently unconfirmed so maybe this is not the uh, I don't know. Sean can maybe fill us on fill us in as the resident Leaf fan on the podcast. But um, Mark Giordano signed a two year eight hundred thousand dollar per year contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, who that's is, per year? That's per year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is the I mean, and so out of the way, our projection for Giordano was a two year like five point three million per year um, contract, which seems 
ridiculous. But when you look at Giordano and like kind of some similar comps and with the rising cap hit, like that seems like kind of more in line with what you might expect. I think like Suter's contract seems like an okay comp, even though Giordano is better and has put up more points than Suter um, in the last few years and is a couple years younger, I guess. But because like Suter signed like a four by four point two or something with Dallas, and that seems like at least what you could get, what Giordano could expect to get on the market. Maybe maybe shorter just because of his age, um, but him signing only like twenty five thousand over what the league minimum will be this next year. I think is what it is. No, fifty thousand. Uh, I think that might be at least since we've been doing this the biggest underpay from our projected value of any player that we've ever yeah seen. i've never seen a player um, take that low of a contract uh below what we've projected and especially yeah. based on their performance like he's basically taking a contract of like a seventh defenseman like that's like what you pay well, I an mean, eighth defense your eighth <laughs> seventh and eighth defenseman like that's the like how much you pay them and that's yeah. clearly not what giordano is on the leafs like and and dom had his market value as a 6.3 million so we were even i mean we were a million lower than dom in terms of the market value um and i think that it's uh um yeah, I don't know, Sean. If you have, I, do, you, do you know why it's unconfirmed? I, I guess I did see that. I, I didn't see something that was fully confirmed yet. So maybe he, maybe he saw the feedback on Twitter and said, "Oh, you know what? Maybe I can." Do that. <laughs> He's like, "Maybe I don't have enough passion. Yeah. I don't have that much passion." As Sean said to us, and I, I don't know if he tweeted about this, but Mark Giordano signed that contract because he has the passion. Um, yeah. No, I tweeted that. At Sean originally yeah. he told me that he has the passion, and I said that yes, that's. that's that's the only reason that the only, he, explanation. That only explanation is that he has a passion. But he did. There was a quote, I think, from uh, who I didn't know. I think I saw several reporters tweet this out, maybe, but um, about Giordano basically kind of saying that he's had a really good career and he's made essentially he's made a lot of money in his career. He's had a very good career. He likes being in Toronto. And he doesn't really it's kind of like he doesn't care. He's like he just wants to play. And if it helps the Leafs win for him to not be paid that much. And, and he was born fine. in Toronto. I'm assuming he has, you know, well, like you saw the whole thing. There was actually a higher offer and he asked to be paid less. Oh, I didn't see that. Is that you what didn't happened? See that? So no. the, the initial like idea was to pay him. I want to say it was a million flat, but it might have been a, like a little more than a million. And he asked to be paid less to offer up more cap. Okay, so and that's kind of I don't know if it's the same scenario, but Spezza was another one that we had a much higher projection for too, who took like basically league minimum to stay with Toronto. Um, so I don't know. Toronto's got uh, they got everything going for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so many advantages for the so Leafs many and, advantages, and, they, and yet yeah, still. Um, but but yeah, I I I don't know if we're going to see a contract. I mean, uh, a value that's as low as that. I mean, like I historically, so I went back and looked at our, um, the last two years, at least last year, we wrote it up on the, um, I wrote it up on the site. So there's an article about it, kind of evaluating free agent contracts, but I believe the biggest underpay was R and H, uh, was Nugent Hopkins, who we projected at, uh, like an eight two five like million per year. And he signed just over 5 million, um, which is a really big underpay, uh, based and on, I believe that was an extension too. Uh, I believe that was yeah. one of the ones like that we're seeing now during the playoffs before free agency. Yeah, and I will it, say that these, these, this, this, uh, time period is always a little bit um, wonky. Like the the time period before free agency happens, where teams are signing extensions with their previous team, there's a lot of um, extenuating factors that we just like are probably going to cause a lot of variance. And well, and it's also well, the biggest factors that you don't have other teams also that are in yes, yes. negotiating that are setting a market. And so it's, it's a little also, bit harder to find the market if you're negotiating. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's also that um, you know the players clearly aren't really bargaining like it's it's like okay mm-hmm. they hear what is it being offered and they 
okay, yeah, that sounds good, you know. Um, so it was kind of a funny uh, um, thing just to see with, with Rust. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I really, I just want to play with Crosby and Gensel more. That's felt like what that contract was, is like, I like it here. Now, Which, Latang you know, is going to be really interesting with the Penguins because um, we have him uh, at a very high cap hit. Uh, <laughs> um, I think how what is he the, the the third highest among defensemen is that what uh, it is I think so although he's he, his because of his age his his the term is much lower but um yeah well we actually have him as the highest projected I think the highest yeah, projected we do. defenseman highest def- de- projected free agent defenseman I mean there aren't a lot of there aren't to be honest there aren't a lot of defensemen who are on the open market are going to are free agents this offseason well, what second is Klingberg and then it's Dobson no no Dobson he's an RFA oh Ben Sherratt. You know, we got Ben Sherratt. Uh, <laughs> he's he's the fifth highest projected. There, there aren't a lot of free. We haven't talked about this, but there's like no defense. Yeah, and then Giordano. That was our. That was the yeah. next highest. <laughs> so, and then Nick Letty. And then can uh, I also step in here? And, yeah. and also repraise Kyle for his expansion draft last <laughs> That's year. That's Kyle Dubis. That's Dubis. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I won't like, let you. Who praise were it. you gonna? No. Who were you gonna replace Hole with? Like this is a constant thing of like there's no defenseman on the market, and then these defensemen that are on the market, generally speaking, just get paid absurdly more than they're than they're actually worth. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, that, let's yeah. give a praise here. Well, I mean, he did, I think you know he did trade for Jared McCann and then trade him away. So you know, that. but he didn't. <laughs> he did not he did not do that he he protected his roster that's what he did no i know but, but he did do that variable though. change i know gets gets people sometimes but uh, <laughs> um yeah sorry continue sean i didn't mean to uh, he's doing a bit here i'm joking i'm not doing here. a bit no that's i think it's worth worth talking that, about i was thinking yeah. about doing a project for a potential upcoming um conference i was actually gonna talk to y'all about it i think mm-hmm. i have a good idea but it's kind of don't don't scoop yourself yeah don't bury wait no not bury the lead that's the other thing (laughs) anyway sorry continue but anyway no i just wanted to like point that out there's like never any defenseman on the market yeah Yeah. no i'm well we had there was i mean dougie was on the market last year right like hamilton and uh which i think that was the first year in a while that there's been like a legitimate top pair like guy like that i think klingberg could turn could yeah i think that a team might take a chance on like take a chance and swing big with klingberg (laughs) um <laughs> I mean, Seattle, Sean is Seattle. over here speculating that Seattle's going to sign every player in, in the NHL. <laughs> they're going to get him. They're going to get Mikheyev. They're going to get Cop. I mean, does that sound like a winning team to you? <laughs> I'm telling you, I think Andrew Cop is is a natural born winner. Yeah, <laughs> I think now that he's out of Winnipeg, you, you'll see that. So right now, Seattle has uh, seven point eight cap space according to cap friendly and now, they have I, the I seventh that's, lowest that's i think before seventh most cap space yeah and i think that i don't know that's if, currently is so. that before when do the con are the contracts are they already expired for free agents or do they expire after yes agency? they have already expired okay so that's i'm pretty sure because well cap friendly is listing the ufas now for teams that are not in the playoffs so it was funny we had uh was it i, I want to remember um the name correctly was it uh earl yeah earl schwartz is that the um, he's like a uh, they're like a CBA like cap kind of cap expert on Twitter and it was just funny he, he uh, they responded to our podcast about us Luke and I kind of fumbling around with the CBA rules and like various things and I'm like look I'm not a CBA expert I kind of know what the things that are related to the, co- the projections themselves but the actual CBI and cap 
calculations and salary stuff and we rely bonuses. on cap friendly for that uh, I, i'm not very good with that anything not I, math is just uh, your thing well math even, too even math <laughs> math or me <laughs> stats. stats and math stats, are very different stats are or, or stats and data things stats and data are our things i can well, i can do that kind of data manipulation okay yeah, yeah data but is more i'm just saying That's legal stuff accounting stuff no. Just absolutely not your thing. No. Well, no, no, accounting no. isn't because we have to do our own taxes. Well, we don't do our own taxes, but we have to. You I, know. It, it, yeah. It, it, anyway, we I was just. Pro- I'm throwing it out there. Sheet I, and profit and loss and whatnot. Earl Schwartz so. came. He he responded and clarified a few things, and I want to just make it known that we are. If we're saying things, you should probably double check that from a CBA standpoint. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's a little better about the CBA stuff. He's got an MBA, and so yeah, and the, we're good with the what's. Money. I'd yeah, expect he's, he's got, got the got money. A masters in money. Masters in money. Sean really liked that last week. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a master's in money. Um, anyway, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but we were uh, talking about uh, Giordano. Oh, it, yeah. It's, and, it's, and, the, it's definitely the the biggest value contract, quote unquote, or like the most underpaid yeah. contract I think we've ever seen. Because at I the same so time, too. too, like there's like no risk to it for the for the Maple Leafs, right? Like it's just oh, yeah. It's, it's, Was it there's no way? term <laughs> compared to like that RNH contract as an example, right? There's no yeah. term to this. Yeah, well, it's two and, years. Yeah, but like. Okay, essentially, there's no term to this. But buyout is like nothing. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's eight hundred thousand. It's literally like league minimum. So yeah. there's no well, risk and, if he gets hurt or anything like that as well. Yeah, and I have to assume just like what we were talking about that he could have. I mean, on an open market, and specifically this year where you have oh, it's I, just Latang and Klingberg are like the two defensemen, and then you have Sherrod. And that is Giordano. I mean, uh, outside of Dobson, I, he could have gotten like. Oh, I, I, think, I mean, I, I think a team. I think a team would have paid him. Like, I think five point three actually seems kind of reasonable on the open market. Like, maybe I think the one year four point three, which we had originally, like that's our highest percentage, seems more likely. But just given the defensive defenseman market, um, and also like the comps from, I mean, obviously he's much older, but like the recent defenseman contracts that have been handed out in the last year or two. You know, so um, yeah, it, it, it's it's. I always huge wanted to see Jordano go back to the Flames, but I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. They probably would have would have. Uh, he probably would have asked more, but he didn't. You know, he's not from Calgary. He's from Toronto. So yeah, you know, he's he got the home. he's got the bed sheets. Yeah, but any were there any other notable contracts? Or? Uh, yeah, Corpus Allo signed. That was oh, the yeah, only other right. one. That's that like was, one of our first goalie contracts. His right? first goalie contract. Goalie contract is or uh, goalie model is new this year, and we had. Uh, I just had this up, but I believe that we had Corpus Allo at a. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I'll go first because he. he <clears throat> uh, he um, we did this the last time. He signed a uh, shoot. I'm. I have to click back. He signed a uh, with Columbus. He signed a. Uh, one way, one year, one point three million uh, deal, and we had him most likely at one year, one point two or one point one two. So a little bit uh, over our projected value, but pretty much spot on. I mean, more or less within uh, within two hundred fifty thousand, I think, or something like uh, three hundred thousand, which is kind of our. I would say I think I mentioned this last week, but usually um, the model is or in evaluation, uh, out of sample testing. Uh, I think the cap percentage or the cap hit. Is usually within about four hundred thousand, four hundred fifty thousand on average. That's includes a lot of lower contracts too, but more or less in line. So uh, I think that was the only one. I don't. I mean, I think Corpusal has been really bad like recently. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. It's a one year deal. Goalies are kind of a you know. Uh, well, they're, they're goalies. So that's the only other one, I guess. What? Well, who was the other player that we talked about, Sean? Was it? Oh, it was uh, Zboril. This might is be his a, year. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. So we we he signed a two, he signed with Boston. Uh, he's a um, 
he signed a two-year, $1.14 million contract, and we had him uh, – where did we have him at? We had him at uh, most likely two years, like 763. So we've had two – uh, two very over-signed or over or under, I guess we should say, over-projected contracts in Rust and Giordano, and and then two pretty minimal uh, under-projected contracts in Corpusalo and and Zborl. Is that how you pronounce it? Am I saying that right? You said yeah. Sean okay. already clarified that. Uh, that was... I didn't. I didn't hear him, and I wasn't <laughs> looking at him. So. Anyway, so yeah, that's the very early. This is yeah, I don't know. There's been a bunch of other signings that we didn't have projections for. I don't think a lot of like kind of seven fifty to eight fifty or nine hundred thousand per year kind of contracts. So I don't know. I usually stuff doesn't. I don't know how many more comedy extensions are there usually here. Like, I mean, there's not a ton. It's like what are you laughing at, Sean? There's that- another like. <laughs> well, I love how I think because of the contract model, people assume you're like experts on this and. <laughs> just are totally into the markets like you're like the you're the jim kramer of <laughs> do you know jim kramer well yeah, yeah of yeah. course i know Mad jim you're like the jim kramer not the, he's also got a master's obviously in he's money. a meme <laughs> but like you're like the jim kramer of the salary cap marketplace here like you're always in it like what we need we honestly need even if you did it as a parody, it's like a YouTube setup of you guys, like a, uh, like, <laughs> like the a buttons or whatever. Giordano, yep. I want, I want, uh, I want a hundred shares of Giordano at <laughs> one by eight hundred thousand. I'm one of the stock terms. I'm so bad. I'm uh, bull- bullish on Giordano this year, right? Isn't that the term? Yeah. Isn't that the, you know, I got to get my financial terms in order here. Yeah. I'm bearish on Sherrod. Bearish on Sherrod. Bullish on Giordano and Klingberg. Am I saying this right? Am I doing this right? Yes, you are. Yep. Yep. I just looked this up recently, so okay. I could be sound like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it is funny that I I will say that we it the modeling and like I I have a pretty good idea about the distributions of contracts and like where players can like usually like the number of contracts we can expect to be in certain areas and, and you know also obviously our our much more of it is the player evaluation and like which contracts seem good for teams and which ones seem like good you know players to avoid, but from an actual like. Yeah, the actual CBA side of it, I don't, I mean, because the thing is, you don't really need to know that stuff. And it, you need to know a lot more about the actual modeling and some of the other features you and mean variables. Us. Yeah. To well, make a model. Yeah, that's what we I'm saying. Should yeah. do, we should do a mock arbitration or two on the podcast. Yeah, so that Luke and I can learn how it works and what it is. <laughs> I could, I can, we can go through that. I, I did I, a mock heard... arbitration for a class in, in undergrad. Really? Yep. Well, yeah, we should maybe do it. Maybe we get a. It sounds to, really to, boring. Yeah. It sounds like I would not enjoy. Maybe we have arbitra- You would absolutely love it. Oh yeah. I, well, but arbitration, you can just. Should we do, get, you can only do counts. Should we reach out to Earl Schwartz and see if uh, they'd want to come on and we could do a proper CBA like coverage episode? Oh, I don't want to do and talk about the CBA. <laughs> Oh, it's we would no literally no one would listen. I, I think, think people. I think I, it'd be no. I think as long as you break it, I think here's my stance on it. I think. A lot of people, at least that would ever listen to this podcast, are really interested in CBA type of stuff. Yeah. But they're not going to like read the CBA. And so if you could break it down into like an easier uh, to understand, less, uh, more entertaining, I guess less boring version, I think people are really interested in understanding the details of it. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it's something to Maybe. consider. We're getting into the kind of the, the, the off season here where we're going to be, you know, looking for content and looking for things to cover in the podcast. So that is definitely something I was going to say. And I think we're maybe getting close to time here. I kind of got away from yeah, us. Yeah, basically are. But yeah, but I was going. I forgot to say this, but we've. I've had a lot of people ask about this. If we include arbitration um, eligible things in the contract model, so any indication of like if a player has arb rights or not, that stuff. And I did try it um, in the model and try to figure out how to include it, but it wasn't. It wasn't useful. It wasn't impactful really at all. Um, mostly because the number of players who have arb rights is like it's like I think it's like half of like players have it so it I, I think i could be mixing that up with something else but it ultimately the ways that we were able to include it it just didn't really cause anything to change at all um so and it wasn't and, predictive because i'm assuming that and when i say that it's just players who have the ability to request or go to arbitration if they want to i'm not talking about players who end up going to arbitration and then what that contract projection would be because there's only, only been it's like, just the arb eligible yeah players um, yeah, which is so that would be a whole other thing. And there's only been, I think, in Cap Friendly's data, there's only like, I, I want to say it's like 50 players who've had a contract awarded through arbitration. I, I could be wrong about that, but there's just not a lot of players who go to arbitration to begin with. Yeah. Um, so that'd be a whole other thing. So yeah, I thought I'd mention that before we, uh, before we, uh, I send it over to Sean. But I kind of, I, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm still interested to see if Latang is going to just go to the market. That's what I'm kind of curious on. Uh, it would be really f- interesting to see. I mean, I he just go to Montreal, right? I have no idea. I have no idea. Why would he go to Montreal? Watch Montreal sign Ben Chirot again. Canadian. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, but th- why would he want to play for Montreal after the season <laughs> they had this year? <laughs> well, they're going to have Carey Price back. Okay. Yeah, but, um, I mean. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's well, it. no, I mean, they picked up some momentum with, with Marty. I think playing with Marty yeah. would be an interesting experience if you were like Chris Letang, I guess. Kind of like I mean, here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Well, know. I don't. Anyway, Wright, this who, is this is for another. Shane Wright just might not show up. Shane Wright might request to go to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big Leafs fan. Uh, I mean, everyone is a big Leafs. It fan, seems like everybody is a huge Leafs fan. That's just now. It's too bad. Yeah, it is. He'll too pull bad. a Kobe Bryant. I'm telling you, he's gonna change the market. He's gonna pull a Kobe Bryant. And he's gonna tell Montreal Canadiens he's not gonna play for them. And they're gonna be forced to to trade them. It's gonna completely change everything. When was the last time like something like that happened? Has it ever Never happened? Never in the NHL. Never. I don't think. You well, like oh, not exactly. Not like, like... Adam, so Adam Fox would be a good example of it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He said, "I'm not going to play for." Was he drafted the, by the Flames? I, I always forget if he the was hurricanes. drafted by the, the Hurricanes. I think oh, but the I think that he was Canes. No, I think he was drafted by the Flames, and then. I can't tell the story. I actually do know a little bit more of the background here than I Oh, should. Flames. Flames, he was drafted flames, by the Flames. Flames, in the And third I remember round. that because I know a little bit more. Okay, I, can well, tell you after the, I can tell you after this. Yeah, off and the record after this. said he wasn't going to play for them. The Canes took the chance for whatever reason of trying to sign him, which of course he didn't. And then yeah, he he got his way to New York, and now he's about to lose to the Canes in the, in the second round of the playoffs. I feel like didn't that wasn't that somebody with like Mike Riley too or maybe I'm wrong. No, Mike Riley was just a college free agent. I thought, but didn't I thought he he refused. No, he 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 did the thing where he was drafted and then they didn't sign him. Yeah, oh, okay, and that's yeah. the same thing with Fox. But like Fox is really out there. Like Jimmy Vesey as an example. Oh yeah, for the Predators, and then he probably should have just like went with that because he went to New York and he kind of failed. Yeah, right, well, we should end this, but we will end it. Uh, Currently in in on NHL.com because I'm not watching the game. Tampa Bay is up one nothing with five minutes left in the third. In the third, this will be a sweep if they if they so win. it would be a 
a damn well. We still no. there's still it's still on the table. The reverse sweep might happen by the time we but, record it. But the next. Panthers need to. They gotta. You know. I know. As long as Drake doesn't have an Instagram story about the <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm pretty confident the Lightning are gonna win this series. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. there's still time. We're we're ending the show with time for that reverse sweep to still be on the table. Yeah, which I think is important to know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, until next time. Which wait, do we have another round at that point? Is there another round come come uh, Memorial Day? Uh, I, I think it depends. I hope. I don't know. Well, it started Tuesday, right? So we it might get pushed till like next like late late next we, week. We need a game. We're gonna. I want a game. I want one series to go to seven games. So well, I which have a little series bit could go more. To game seven, like Alberta. Yeah, yeah I think that one seems that or I could see Carolina. Carolina, maybe like I could see that. I don't. I think I don't think Colorado. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Well, it depends if any series goes to game like to two two after this. Then you know, then we'll know. Yeah. Anyway, Sean, Lee, t- take us out here. All right. Well, we're gonna end this chaotic podcast, and we'll be back <laughs> with another chaotic podcast next week. So please right. join us again if you will. Right, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Take it easy.